Welcome to the Etobicoke Historical Society's monthly oral history podcast. This podcast is one of a series of interviews of senior Etobicoke residents in the 1980s. The interview tapes were recently discovered in the local history room at Richview Public Library. We would like to thank the Toronto Public Library for giving them back to us so they could be made into these podcasts. These oral histories are a valuable and unique view into the history of Etobicoke in the early part of the 20th century, as seen through the personal experiences of local residents. We will be presenting a different interview each month. We hope you enjoy them. Mr. Stan Ella of 8 Appleby Road in Etobicoke. Now, Mr. Ella, you were born in Smithfield? Yes. Now, where was your family house? Well, for fine, the last place we were at, the farm was north of Albion Road on Martin Grove. Uh, I think the Etobicoke pump station is on the, on the site of it now. Now, this was a hum it was a farm? Yes. Yeah. And how many acres would that be? I think it was a uh, hundred acres. Uh, my father was a farmer and cattle buyer and butcher combined, I guess you might say. Now, this is in the Smithfield area of Etobicoke. Uh, uh, tell, me, tell me a bit about the village. Well, the village was really clustered around the corner of Martin Grove and Albion Road. And there was a little post office there, and uh, three or four houses. Most of them were farms in the vicinity. My grandmother had a small house there, which we, as children, visited a lot. And my uncle Gar had a had a, another place near my grandmother's, where I was born. On I was born on Albion Road, just west of uh, Martin Grove. And then the church at the corner too. I forgot to say. Uh, what what church was that? That was uh, the Smithfield Methodist Church. Uh, it was a very small village. Uh, my uncle, my uncle Carr Ella, uh, had uh, bought the place from my father that I was born in, and my father built a house on Martin Grove, north of the corner. Now, um, you went to school in Smithfield. Yes, we went to uh, Smithfield. Went to SS number seven, this uh, red brick schoolhouse on Albion Road, west of the corner. Uh, it was a, oh, a real old schoolhouse with a belfry on the top with a bell that the teacher used to ring for the children. And never had very many children there. I recall the time that uh, my sister was the only girl in the class. There were six of us in the in the school, and uh, that was the lowest I ever remember. But we attended there, and then I, my family, moved to Weston uh, in about 1921. And uh, my father did have a butcher shop at the farm. And uh, he killed cattle for the butcher trade. And when he went to Weston, he went to another 
place on Main Street where there's another butcher store. And I can recall him killing cattle there. Uh, it was a 254 Main Street, which they used to call Western Road in Western. And then we lived there for, I guess, until my father. He hasn't until my father passed away, my mother. Uh, I went from there to several different jobs and uh, ended up with the Toronto Police Force. It's in 1929, I stayed with the police for 30 years, and then I went for another 10 years with Ontario government, uh, uh, Department of Transport. It's a driver examination center at, up on the 401 Highway. Uh, I retired from there in uh, 69. Took several jobs after that, little jobs around and part-time job. If we get back to um, the Smithfield, um, was there any sort of grocery store there, or yes, where the where the post office was, was a little bit of a grocery store, and Barton's were the oldest people that I remember had that post office. I remember Lockett's had the had the post office. Uh, across the road was a big, a big cement, red cement house. It was owned by Cameron's. Uh, I, I used to chum around with uh, Gordon Cameron. I believe he's alive yet. This time he's about my age. And uh, I used to chum also with a, a boy that was on the south west corner, Savage, Vivian Savage. Then we moved to uh, to Western. Of course, I haven't, I haven't seen him since, hardly ever since. But I believe Gordon is alive yet. Now, uh, the, this grocery store that uh, what was there? Could you was it sort of a general type store? You could buy anything in it, or well, you know, little country stores they maybe have about just just the basic items. You know, the things that women might need for a kitchen, but. Didn't have very much, no, not really. So where would you go uh, from Smithfield to do your sh to get them the things you? Well, get if there? if we run short of something, uh, I'd go up from my mother up to the store at Smithfield. But Woodbridge is, is where we generally went. See, we weren't too far away from Woodbridge. Mm -hmm. And then I had a, a little pony and cart, and my sister and I used to take that to shop for her mother, and we used to go to. Sometimes to Weston, but I think it was closer to Woodbridge. Now, uh, what would Smithfield's a small village? What would uh, uh, a, uh, a growing a boy growing up do there for excitement? Well, I I would say that a boy would have to have his make his own 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 amusements. His father would be out probably on the farm, busy cultivating or something, and he'd probably take his father lunch out or drink water or maybe go swimming in the creek or make rafts in the creek. We used to make rafts. Which, which creek is this? No, I don't know the name. I don't think there is a name to it. There was a creek right not far from our, uh, our farm. And then we used to also go down to another one south on Martin Grove. It was called, uh, called the Branch. It was really a branch of the Humber. 
And that was a few miles south of the corner. And uh, the reason we went down there, Dad used to rent the ground down there on around the Humber for for grazing his cattle. He'd maybe have a, a flock, a herd of about 20 or 30 cattle down on the flats. Uh, we used to like going down there with him. And then in the winter time, of course, we'd always go skating or sleigh riding, tobogganing. I think that a boy had had more fun out in the country than those days than the kids had today. And what about uh, church? Did you go every Sunday? And well, we went we went pretty every Sunday, and uh, we used to go to Sunday school, and, and then my parents went to church. Uh, we had a, we had a lot of I had a lot of pleasant uh, memories about the church because the, they used to have a lot of activities. They used to have uh, carnivals and concerts. I can I can repeat I can repeat word for word uh, a recitation that I gave at a Sunday school concert, and this was probably about uh, um, seventy years ago, roughly. <laughs> Uh, but uh, then, then we had outside picnics and also the concerts, uh, strawberry festivals and like that. But there was a lot of activity in the country those days. Now, what's you, you said lots of you know concerts and recitals and that. What sort of um, music would they be playing? Or well, I remember quite well how patriotic they used to be. They used to. The children used to probably be marched and do a little drill with flags, and they'd wave the Union Jack or the the Korean flags, and uh, they'd sing probably patriotic songs a lot, or else some little little ditty that they'd get up and re recite little ditties. Uh, it was all furry amateurs, but uh, the parents came out quite good, pretty well, I should say, and. Uh, and uh, they seemed to enjoy seeing those children put on those little concerts. Do you remember your uh, your school teacher? Yes, I remember one Mrs. Miss Savage. Uh, I remember her quite well. But and what type of what type of a teacher was she? She was a little little gruff, but but she was thorough in her work and. Uh, we we thought a lot of her. She was very 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 good teacher. I thought. Yeah. Did, uh, was there a level of use of the strap or? Well, I did get the strap. I recall getting the strap a few times. I remember. <laughs> I remember quite well one time. I guess I was a little daredevil. Up the center of, of the school ground, the cement like a cement sidewalk went right from the road up to the middle of the school, and then each side was a door to go in. Well, on one side was designated as the girls' side, and the other side would be the boys' side. So then we were told, of course, as boys, we couldn't go on the girls' side. Well, I stand there, there and there, and put my foot over on that, and, and the teacher caught me, and I got strapped for that. I recall that. <laughs> Did she say anything to you about uh why would you want to be a girl, <laughs> or anything like that? No, I, I forget, you know, just, but uh, I think maybe it was because I was just uh, disobeying her that she uh, gave me the strap to teach me the lessons. <laughs>
Now, uh, what about the minister at the at the Methodist Church? What was remember him? I I don't think I do remember too much about the minister. We had several, but I remember my uh, my 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 uh, grandfather, which was my grandmother's second husband, George Hill. Uh, he was a superintendent for years, and he was a fine old chap. And uh, he took a great interest in the children in the Sunday school. And then every year we used to go across to Hanlon's Point, and that was a highlight of the whole church uh, church gathering, I guess, was to go to Hanlon's Point for a picnic. And uh, we used to go down on the on the on the on the, on the little train or little uh, streetcar like that ran down to Weston and then streetcar down to Punch Street and go across on the boat across to Hamlin's Point. Now, uh, what, uh, any, the holidays, um, would there be any sort of celebrations on May 24th or Labor Day or? Well, I think the holidays were just another day as far as we were concerned. I don't think we ever celebrated or never See, the farmers would be working on a holiday the same as any other day, except for Christmas, possibly. They'd have Christmas on. Hey, do you remember any of the Christmases? In the uh, I remember my, my grandfather coming across the fields dressed as Santa Claus when I was a boy about four or five, and my sister and I were in the house one evening, and he came over and gave us presents. He was all ho, 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 Santa Claus, you know. And, we were quite thrilled with that. I remember that quite well. Now, were there any sort of community hall in uh, Smithfield? No, I guess the community hall would be the church. How about um, organized sports? Uh, yes, they used to have a, a field day occasionally, and Cameron's had a field near the corner. And they used to have uh, football, football games. And that's where they used to have uh, a picnic too, uh, a concert probably in the evening after the soccer or after the football game. Um, well, the boys would make their own sports at school, but uh, there was no nothing organized. This was more or less older men that played the football. There was really nothing else. Now, uh, you know, yourself, your father, and your brother, and your uncle, Uncle Gar, were all involved in uh, butchering, uh, cattle slaughtering business. Could you tell me a bit about it, what it was, how the people went about it then? Yeah, this house that I was born in, and later my father sold to my uncle, had a slaughterhouse in it, a small slaughterhouse, as well as several buildings. And uh, he uh, he did kill he killed cattle bought cattle and uh, then he had a, a little store to, too besides that that he used to sell uh, butcher products and groceries very small though and then my dad built a uh, house on our farm and uh, a slaughterhouse and then he did the slaughtering I can recall him many times watching him kill the cattle. How would you go about it? Could you explain that? How, it, how you would do it? 
Well, in the, in the slaughterhouse, it had a cement floor with a hole in the middle for the blood to all run down and that. And uh, it wasn't a very big area in the slaughterhouse, but uh, it had a big, large wheel, wooden wheel. I imagine the wheel would be about 30 feet in circumference and with a rope around it. And uh, it'd come down to the floor and he'd go into the pen close by and bring out a, say, a cow or pig or whatever it was and, and uh, hit it on the head with an axe and then it would fall stunned and then he'd put the chain around his leg and uh, a hook and that would be attached to the rope that went across this big big pulley wheel and then he'd turn the, the crank and pull it up in the air and slit his throat and it'd bleed right there and uh, in the case of a pig, he had a bench that uh, he put the pig on and slid it into a big tub of boiling water and then pulled it out and scraped, scraped it with a uh, scraper he had for scraping all the hair off it. This is after the pig was dead, I guess. Oh yeah, it's after the pig was dead. Uh, he'd hit them so hard that very few of them ever moved after. Do you remember a case when one of them did? I remember a couple of cases where I went mad and uh, I was watching, I was, I think I was standing on, on a truck, a big truck, uh, in a truck parked in the, the side of the, of the slaughterhouse and it come running around and butted into the truck and dad ran and with an axe in his hand until he got a good opportunity to hit it again, which he did and it went down. Now, uh, how long would he cure the meat or would he oh. at Yes, he always had to cure the meat. Uh, it seemed to give it a better flavor. He had a little special place in the side of the slaughterhouse where the track ran in. See, the beef would be up on a track and be hanging on the track. And uh, these would be those big hooks. Yeah, hooks. That's right. And a spreader for the back for the back uh, legs of the say a bullock. And uh, we should spread it on this here rack and then pull on the track into this. Uh, place where he stored it. Uh, he wiped it down, cleaned it down, and uh, everything was spotless in this little uh, place where he stored them. Now what, uh, was it a smokehouse of any sort, or was it just uh, well insulated, or? No, it wasn't a smokehouse. It used to, uh, the walls were, were covered with, uh, with uh, what do you call that? White, white substance, uh, whitewash, whitewash. Walls were all whitewash, nice and white inside. Uh, of course, you couldn't leave them in too long if in the hot, real hot weather. This was mostly in spring and fall, but in the hot weather, I think they, I think you had to get them out, out kind of early because they, you know, something might happen. Did he have a smokehouse at all, or? No, he never. No, he never had a smokehouse. No, he used to kill. Uh, sheep and uh, lambs. I never used to like watch them kill the little lambs, but he had lambs and pigs and all in that line. Now, uh, he would get all the all the beef from the local farmers, I would imagine. Yes, he'd go around, he'd go around and buy uh, a couple of calves and uh, probably some butcher store had ordered a couple of uh, calves for market. And he'd go and buy them, and then he'd slaughter them and deliver them to the butcher. I, I went with him several times in the country with a, a little sulky cart, and they'd, 
he'd tie the feet of the calf and throw it in the back of the little cart and we'd bring it home. Now what you said you'd sell it to a butcher shop, this would be in just locally or? Mostly in Toronto, no, or it would be in Toronto, not in Western, but he had several places that he used to supply butchers in West Toronto mostly. You ever deal much with the stockyards at all? Oh yes, we used to go to stockyards quite often. I used to help Dad sometimes drove the cattle from Smithfield right right through the top end of West. And I remember there used to be a road through the Western Golf Course. We used to go take this road and then hit Scarlet Road right down to the stockyards, right down to St. Clair. Do you remember them at all? The, the stockyards. The, Oh yes, I remember uh, quite well. Yeah, Dad used to take them in, and I wait around a lot in the stockyards for him, and he'd he'd uh, get bills and all that fixed up. But I recall one time taking them, and uh, one cow went mad. It was in the summertime and chased me, and uh, I don't think I've ever so freaked in my life. Uh, this big cow come at me with his head down. And as it got close to me, it, it, it tripped and fell right over it. Run, run, fell right over in its head, right over. So I, I run to the truck quick, and uh, my dad made me stay in the truck then until, until uh, we got the cattle to where we're going. How old would you be then? Uh, I would say about seven. So, but then I got a little older. I used to. I think that's where I learned to drive a car. Dad used to say, "Take the truck up to the corner to cut off the cattle, so they can't go that way." Or, or other way, you know, and then we take them right straight through the intersection. And then I go on to the next one and uh, put the truck across, probably on one side, and I get across the other side myself, and he'd wave the cattle through. Uh, we did that quite often, uh, going down the stockyards. Now, uh, your uncle was involved in, uh, in, in the butchering business as well, and I understand he ran a thing called a, a beef ring. You know anything about that? Well, I don't know. I don't recall too much about that beef ring. No, I can't say much about that. Dad, Dad was did his butchery separate from Uncle Gar, but sometimes he would they would get together on certain cattle. Did they ever compete against each other, or was it? Not really. I don't think. I think they got along pretty well together. That was that was one of his. Uh, that was his youngest brother, Gar. He had two other brothers, Les and Ern, and uh, Ern was the chief of the uh, chief of, of fire department in Weston, I recall. He died young, uh, then uh, then Les died, and then the last one was uh, was uh, father, no, my father, and then then Gar. When you aren't off going down to the stockyard, now what sort of chores would you have to do around the farm and the butcher shop? Well, I always had chores. Uh, I had to keep the, 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 the pumps, I had to pump the water for the cattle and put down the, the straw for the bedding or hay for the feeding. And, uh, no, I, I, I wasn't burdened with chores, but uh, I always uh, had a little, a little, didn't you? This would be before thing, school and as well? Yes, we, I see our school was was really uh, a section out of the farm. And uh, we could go across the fields to the school, cut right across the fields, or we could go through our orchard into Grandma Hills 
yard and then from there on to Albion Road and then, then to school, or else we could go around Martin Grove and Albion Road, which is the longest way around. Uh, uh, sometimes in the wintertime we, we would cross over the fields because it would be frozen so hard that you could walk quite easily across the fields on the, on the hard crust of snow. So I never remember going to school even on stilts. You know, kids do those things. And uh, well, I, I had a few, I had a few boyfriends around that uh, we used to always get together every after school. You get in the barn sometimes and play uh, Eddie Polo and the Vanishing Dagger, jumping around the field, around the, the lofts in the barn. I remember that. Now, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, you used to do some rafting on the on the, the creek there? Yes, we used to like building rafts. We used to, of course, there's lots of lumber around and rails or fences and that. We'd tie them together and make rafts. And uh, we'd swim and push the rafts. And then, then when I was a little older, we used to swim a lot in the Humber River behind our place on, in Weston. There was a a nice swimming hole back there, which I spent many a pleasant, pleasant hour. Uh, I liked the, I like roaming through the bushes too. We used to go in, uh, in especially in the springtime, into uh, different bushes in the vicinity and gather mayflowers or wild garlic. We used to like getting wild garlic out of the bush. Yeah, and then we used to look for. Uh, hickory nut trees later on in the fall. We used to know where all the hickory nut trees in the, in the vicinity are, and we'd get walnuts and hickory nuts. And between those those activities, you're always busy in the spring and the fall, and always something new. Would your family say you have a family dog? Yeah, with Tim. Little black dog called Tim. I remember when my dad bought him first for me. We had him, we even brought him to Weston. And uh, he finally died in Weston. Yeah. Everyone probably have a, a dog up in that area, no doubt? Well, there was quite a few. I guess the farmers, the farmers around there had a dog or two, some of them, yeah. How about the, uh, you mentioned the, the Cameron family had a big brick house. And Right, I guess right in the center of the village. That's you right. Say. What uh, what did they do that? Uh well, Jack Cameron, Jack Cameron and, and Maggie Cameron, his wife, and and uh, Gordon Cameron of the boy. They only had one son. He used to have a milk route, and he used to come and pick milk up and take it down. I think we took it into Western. Uh, I don't know if Tron or Western, but he used to run this milk route all the time. Now, would there be any sort of uh, um, itinerant salesman coming through Smithfield? Or? We used to have uh, quite a lot of activity. There'd be people with dry good, little dry good wagons, probably trying to sell you shirts or socks or ties and that. And then there'd be another one coming around with probably fish or, or meat sometimes even. And, uh, and then there used to be the, the Sheenies come around. You know what the Sheenies are? The Sheenies are uh, J Jewish chaps that uh, come along and holler rag bone bottle. 
And if you had, you had, had any rags to sell, they, they were willing to buy them. And, uh, and bones, those days they'd buy all bleached bones or uh, bottles too. They'd, well, several things they'd buy and I guess they had an outlet for them in Toronto. So we used to look forward to them and we used to save up our old rags and bottles. Of course, I used to find a lot of those little flasks they used to have for whiskey flasks around the fields and that. They used to give me about a nickel apiece for them. And I'd save them, you know, to get spending money. The little flasks were, were just flat and they held about a, a pint with a, a round, round uh, stopper, a glass stopper in the top. You never see it? Yeah. Do you, you, you remember who the, uh, what type of, uh, who was the manufacturer of the whiskey? Distillery? No, I don't know who manufactured whiskey, but uh, that was—they were very popular those days. I haven't uh, heard about any uh, whiskey drinking. You say you found these bottles scattered through the fields. You know, you know there, was, there was as much dr uh, liquor drink in those days as there is now. You'd never—you'd see so many loud drunks, drunks around those days, and they'd—they uh, had hotels and then they'd always be full and. Uh, it's quite a bit of drinking. I remember going to on the bicycle to Thistletown to buy a, a beer for a hired man. I thought Dan never drank, but this hired man he wanted, wanted. so he loaned me his bicycle, and I drove into Thistletown and had a little pail. Filled, they filled it full of beer for me, and I brought it back for him. I remember that. Is that just out of a keg? Yes, a keg out of a keg. That's right. Yeah. Do you remember how much that uh, pail of beer would go for? No idea. No, no. Uh, well, how did, uh, how did there, there must have been a few people in, in the town that drank, a, or the village that drank a considerable amount then. Well, really, uh, if they were, they, they kept it quiet, you know. They, uh, it wasn't uh, accepted. Uh, there was a few drunks, but they, or a few people that we thought drank quite a lot, but wasn't didn't want to let, let it known because they were kind of looked down on. Mm -hmm. uh, but my, my dad never drank, or he never. Well, he did smoke when he got uh, quite a. Uh, but my, my dad never drank, or he never. Well, he did smoke when he got uh, quite a, a bit older. Uh, but uh, I never saw Dad drink. Never saw him. Uh, Worse for liquor. I never saw him even take a drink. Was there the mainly cigarette smoking or cigar smoking? Well, yeah, there was a lot of cigarette. I remember all the cigarette smoking. And I used to, as a kid, sometimes find a pack of uh, cigarettes in, in a package or something like that. I'd look at the packages on the, on the road and that. I'd get a cigarette and I'd staple them away and smoke it. But the uh, I guess that never hurt me, hurt me any of it. I, I did smoke after, but I don't smoke now. I don't, I don't take very much to drink. I just all the time think about it. Welcome to the Etobicoke Historical Society's monthly oral history podcast. This podcast is one of a series of interviews of senior Etobicoke residents in the 1980s. The interview tapes were recently discovered in the local history room at Richview Public Library. 
We would like to thank the Toronto Public Library for giving them back to us so they could be made into these podcasts. These oral histories are a valuable and unique view into the history of Etobicoke in the early part of the 20th century, as seen through the personal experiences of local residents. We will be presenting a different interview each month. We hope you enjoy them. Thank you.